Phantom, how are you, my friend? Good to see you, mate. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you and welcome everybody uh, on today. Happy Friday, yay. Welcome to Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Another wonderful Friday it is and uh, a couple of weeks since we've been together as a bit of a crew. So uh, fantastic to see everybody. Uh, uh, I can see a bunch of people, 25 odd people, 30 people online now uh, give us a shout out gang where are you dialing in from there's usually a few regulars and sometimes a few blow-ins um, but uh, give us a shout out in the comments but as you guys are doing that um, um, welcome to uh, wealth wine and wisdom ladies and gentlemen anyone who's joining for the first time andy fenton the uh, extraordinaire when it comes to the finance world and the stock market, been in the banking and stock world for 20 years, and myself, Jason Witten, property investing 20 years plus, and um, we get together each Friday and have done for a while. Uh, first time on, Isaac, welcome, mate. Great to see you. Fantastic to have you. Good uh, good to see. I'll put you down there. That's a good, pot, good spot for the... Uh, the comments, I think, which is great. Great to see you online. We've got Lucas coming in from Brisbane. We've got uh, Jacinta coming in from Melbourne. So uh, great to see you guys here. Best practice in Camden, Vanessa. Great to see you uh, online as well. So like I was saying, Andy and I have been getting together since the start of COVID, actually. This was a response, uh, Wine and Wisdom, it started with now Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, uh, to serve our communities, our property and business communities uh, in um, supporting them through COVID. Uh, we've had a good time. Um, we're not quite sure anyone else has had a good time, but we've had a good time <laughs> um, uh, providing as much value as we can uh, in our respective fields to those uh, who need this information. So we love hanging out with you guys on Friday. Welcome all of you guys, we've got Mark in from Maitland uh, and a bunch more on. So today we're going to catch up. We haven't been together for a couple of weeks, Andy. What's going on in the world of the stock market, my friend? Um, plenty going down or up or sideways? <laughs> mate, well, it's it's all up at the moment. It's uh, it's just varying degrees up, mate. There's, uh, there's been... It's been a pretty incredible little track, actually. It really has. So we've got a lot to chat about today. Uh, but whack some questions in if you've got anything that yes. is market-related, uh, market-related, stimulus-related, government-related. Uh, let's not go Trump-related. I think we've killed Trump uh, as, as much as we possibly can, but always happy to have another bit of a, a step at it. And, uh, and, uh, and <laughs> look, he's coming for a bit of a cameo. Uh, he always is... is <laughs> He's somebody that can't be missed, can he? But uh, the markets have been uh, really buoyant. I say that today we actually we closed lower uh, here. But, mate, there's, there's some cool stories. One stock that everybody knows, right? And so when I say Uber, what's the next stock that comes to mind? Uh, Tesla, Uber, Tesla, uh, Airbnb. Um, uh, Airbnb. Airbnb, boom. Okay. It's, uh, for those of you who don't know, Airbnb actually just uh, listed uh, just just literally on the tenth. So, what do you reckon in the middle of COVID nineteen, where uh, where you know, 
well, in America, America is just basically going back into lockdown in different states for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Airbnb, you know, thrives off the American community, thrives off the European community, also pretty close to sort of lockdown. Uh, the UK, pretty close to lockdown or in lockdown. Uh, Australia were coming out, uh, or at least the Victorians are coming out. But, you know, pretty subdued environment for uh, a company like Airbnb or any type of hospitality, really. So what would you expect a stock like that to do on listing? One would think it's the worst possible time for a stock like that to list. What do you, what do you reckon the expectations are there, Jax? Well, yeah, I would have thought in the middle of COVID, it would be a disaster to list now. You know, it, I mean, Airbnb, I do know, you know, uh, Airbnb is a bit of a, a, a favoured cash flow strategy in the world of real estate investors. Um, a lot of uh, real estate investors who are quite capable of, you know, getting their hands dirty or, or interested in getting their hands dirty, do a little bit of Airbnb maximising their income. I would have thought it would have been a problem um, in the middle of COVID disaster, I would call. I bet well, I'm wrong, me, though. Let me, <laughs> let, let, me, <laughs> let me share. Well, one would think rationally, right? One would think yes. But one thing I think that COVID has done, and we're going to talk a little bit about stimulus later on and how the, the effects of that uh, on markets and the, the enormity of it, but, uh, mate, this is a if you just flip screen here and you'll probably be able to see that there. Uh, so that's what Airbnb did on the opening trade, all right? So uh, effectively, and you'll see if I can really zoom in on this section of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so uh, it started off at, uh, at around about uh, $62, $63. That was just around about 9 o'clock in the morning. And then shot up. I think it hit around about 170. So basically, Airbnb doubled, doubled, and reached. Uh, so the shares closed on Thursday at 100 uh, at 144, which is 113 percent. So that's that's on the initial public offering, right? So that is a hundred billion dollar company now. Say that again. So 113% up in one day. Is that what you just said? 113%. Now, remember, we we spoke about this some time ago and we sort of said, look, we don't know when, but this is going to be a big time for mergers and acquisitions and it's going to be a big time for listing stocks where people can see some return. And what this tells you is, well, it could come off over the next couple of days, could very well. But uh, coming off a hundred and uh, hundred and eighteen or whatever it was uh, percent profit over the course of the day just shows you the kind of resilience that investors have and how far looking they are. All right, so part of it might be vaccines, part of it might be that, part of it might be low interest rates, may well be, but Airbnb smashed it out of the park. Uh, and mate, this is a pretty common thing. Uh, if we jump, uh, oops, the wrong one. If we jump across to uh, to the next good old slide here, you don't need to see the numbers here. Just the the, the graphic depiction on the left hand side, we've got the ASX two hundred, right? So this is twelve month to date, right? So this is how to this very day, and we're sharing this because next week is our, is our Christmas wine and wisdom. Uh, but the S and P two hundred, which is the Australian index, on the left left hand side, the uh, the S and P five hundred, which is the uh, the American index, very very different beasts. But look, the, the the trend is pretty similar, right? Trend is pretty similar, and uh, so American markets kick the lights out. And we're going to go into a little bit about that. But I want to break uh, before we go in there and uh, just share something 
that uh, that I think everyone will find very, very interesting. And I don't know whether people have seen this before. But let's just check this out. Let's see how much detail we can get here with the old uh, shared screen, if we can get that up. Right. Uh, I've, I've got down there the um, uh, go to full screen mode here. We've got the uh, US debt clock. So you can jump on. You can have a look at this, usdebtclock.org. What's, what's um, going on there, Andy? What's going on right now there? Just, it just looks insane. <laughs> it kind of looks like a casino, doesn't it? It's kind of like ching, 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 ching. It does um, look but, mad, yes. But mostly in the red, <laughs> fortunately. Um, but let me run you through some of the numbers if you can't see them well at home. Up at the very top left up here, we've got the US national debt sitting at a whopping $27 trillion. That's 27 with P for trillion. Say that and, again. Wow. Uh, so that's, the, that's the debt. And let's just count for the millions. Uh, so, all right, it is about to go up. This to, looks like a gambling well, website, Andy. Like it looks like a, I've stumbled upon upon some sort of gambling website late at night. Unbelievable. <laughs> you might So here's the thing. How many people have we got on so far? Because I've got a bit of competition that I reckon we should run. Give it, get a little bit of fun out there. We've got about 30 um, so on right now. You, yeah. For those of you listening, get your pens out. Get your pens ready. I'm going to drop a challenge to you because we're going we're gonna to show you a couple of the figures now. All right, and uh, geez, I shouldn't have given you the website because you could cheat now. But now I've just given you the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, show you some of the foot, Andy. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to run a, a bit of a best guess, right? So we're going to try and see who can get closest to the mark. But we're not going to use national debt, and so I'm not going to take you to where on the chart this is. But uh, so we've got the U.S. national debt sitting at whopping 27 trillion, and this is going to provide some context to the stuff that we're going to go into later. But one of the things that, uh, that I really want to talk about, which is another part uh, that is on here, is the big unfunded side of the equation, right? So the, the unfunded is when you think of unfunded liabilities, what are they? Well, they're pensions, age pensions, right? Um, they are, well, there we go, they're pensions, well, age what, pensions. What's going they're, on here? Uh, <laughs> Oh, jeez, you've multiplied. So this is exactly what's happening over in the States is that uh, the amount of people that they have to provide uh, pensions for is actually expanding uh, rapidly. So just as a bit of a ballpark and right in the chat box, if you know how many, and I'll tell you what it is, it's in the trillion, uh, Mark, whack it in the chat box right now, whack it in the messages just down below. What do you think the best guess is right now for what unfunded uh, liabilities for the uh, US is currently sitting at. And so unfunded is all of those future pensions, those future payments, Medicare's, all of these sorts of things that they have to store money to pay out. So just whack that in the chat box and we'll uh, we'll see what comes up here, mate, because it's a staggering figure. So, so the, quest- doing so the that- question is, the question is, the government has underwritten all of these um, uh, liabilities into the future. Um what is the value of those liabilities? And it's mostly built up of what? Future debts to other countries or, or debts to their, to their citizens? Debts to their citizens, debts to paying back bonds that they need to pay back to other uh-huh. businesses, countries, so on and so forth. Yeah. As a business owner, the way that I put it is all business owners have, uh, you know, well, not so much unfunded liabilities, but current liabilities. So it's our, the team's superannuation. Right, so over the course of a quarter, the team's superannuation liability increases. 
then we pay it out. Yes. So we now have Jacinta, 28 trillion. Do we have any other? Uh, 38 trillion Jacintas chucked out there. I'm going to, I'm no, going to say, I'm going to say 400 trillion. <laughs> I'm going to chuck a big number out there. <laughs> $400 trillion. $400 trillion. Uh, Isaac reckons uh, $51 trillion. He's going he's gonna to go the 51s. Uh, the 51s, all right. We're, we're in around there, the 51 trillion. These are unfathomable numbers, right? So yeah, I always have to look back to try and figure out how many zeros there are in there. And that's uh, from a trillion, it's three, six, nine, 12, 12 zeros that back up the trillion. Uh, wouldn't you like that on the back of a check? So... So the government are going to have to sign that check at some point in time. And so, as I said, it's like as a company, we, we build up our employees' entitlements and yes. then we have to pay them off. And then at the end of the quarter, they go down. Now, the government have a very similar system, but some, t- some of these are over a quarter, some of them are over a year, some of them are over 10 years, uh, and the 10-year government bonds on and so forth. So have we got any more bidders uh, in regards to, no, to the how no much? More, no more bidders is. yet, Andy, but I remember, and I might have said this yonks ago about, you know, trying to put this kind of trillion idea into visual perspective. So, um, you know, uh, we've got the idea of, uh, just into saying too many zeros, <laughs> you know, um, the idea that a million dollars, if you put it uh, – with uh, with one dollar notes in American one dollar notes one dollar bills, it, it would go, you know, um, uh, I think it was like uh, twelve meters. Okay, so sort they're of stacked up end to end. A billion dollars was like two football fields long, or or something like that. It was exponentially a lot more. And then a trillion dollars was um, fifty seven kilometers, you know, um, uh, of you know dollar bills stacked up. So. The increments in a million to a billion to a trillion, they're not, they're not sort of equal or, or, you know, linear. It's not a linear increment. It's, it's insane increments, you know, um, as we go. <laughs> yeah, a gazillion, uh, says, says Jeff. <laughs> One gazillion dollars. <laughs> gazillion well, you know dollars. Getting there, getting there, Jeff. Not too far off a gazillion dollars. Well, we're almost a tenth of the way there. Uh, so, mate, uh, so the, the number is, and here's the competition for the rest of the night. So, the number currently is, right? So, right, get your pens out, write this one down, and I'm just going to do it like sequentially, right? So, I'm not going to uh, because it's too hard to go any other way. Uh, it hang on, it, like the, it, it, let, let me go. <laughs> I can't hear it, but it might be going like this. Oh, Bang. <laughs> oh well, yeah, okay, go, Andy. <laughs> so. Here's, here's where it is. So get pens out. Ready? It is one five five nine nine two zero six four eight five seven zero zero zero. What, right, what, so what was that? What let's, number? Let's just do one more time and we'll only go up to a million dollars, right? So this is the number. One five five nine nine two. Zero six nine zero 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 dollars with the numbers ticking up. So, so, so that is their future. Their, that's their future liability in in that economy. You know, is yeah, this and every you know second? It's ticking on. And every time they don't pay one of those, 
and they get a bond or they create more debt, it goes onto the bottom line. So every time that I pay it, it goes back onto the bottom. So, so I mean, there's, there's bond, a, the Madoff burns uh, the, the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme, right? So new well, funds a, in paid off. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a conversation about this, isn't there? Like, you know, let's just kick the can down the road a bit, right? And you know, it sounds like this thing's been kicking the can down the road for a long time. I was watching, um, I was checking out. Actually, I should have grabbed it. It'd be great for wine and wisdom. The um, an interview with with uh, uh, rich dad, poor dad, um, Kiyosaki. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, and basically he said, well, uh, there's nothing wrong with debt. He said, because, um, you know, debt is the only tax-free money, right? So borrow as much as you can. So he had this really interesting version of the world. He said, well, if debt's low, if debt is cheap, well, get on with it, right? So, you know, um, you know grab as much money as you they can. Must- they must have read the book. The, uh, the, the, the politicians, they must have read Robert's Robert. book. <laughs> right, they know where we're going. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, infamous, not necessarily um, people we want to emulate, but, you know, the Bondies of the world, you know, um, famously said, famously said, you know, uh, if you owe $10,000 and you can't pay it, you're in trouble. But if you owe $10 million and you can't pay it, they're in trouble, Right. And, and this is the thing. This played out, right? This played out absolutely in a classic way um, in the GFC. You, you coined this phrase. I, th- I think you should trademark it. Too big to fail, right? The banks, the bank, you know, which businesses are too big to fail? In America, with, or with the debt crisis and also Australia, even Australia had to underwrite its own banking system, right? The government said, all right, we'll underwrite you. They were too big to let fail, right? Yeah. So... All right, borrow your ass off. You know, this is kind of like entrepreneurship 101. You know, when you're in the low zone of lending, borrow, 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 because, you know, unless you've got 10 or 15 or 20 million um, borrowed, you're going to be in the, the, the danger zone. It's kind of like, you know, and, and so it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's an interesting one. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you should say that because uh, – so let, let's lay down the challenge. Let's lay down the gauntlet. We, we, we the What's number the challenge here, on. Andy? Come on, but make it clear. So, <laughs> the nearest million dollars, to the nearest million dollars, what will be the U.S. unfunded liabilities by the time we finish Wine and Wisdom? And we're going to snap our fingers towards the end uh, and we'll, we'll give something cool away to to the to the. So it started at 155 million, and within the next 30 minutes, what do you guys believe? Chuck it in the chat so we know which to go back to. 155 by the time we finish. What do you guys? 155 trillion. What do you guys reckon it, it will get to? Jeff asked a good I'll, question. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the number, which is 155 trillion, 992 million, sorry, billion, and 67 million. All right. right. That, that's right. Hopefully everyone's got what that. What are we going to get to? <laughs> and uh, you, you've got to be within 100 million to, to, to get the prize. <laughs> right? Get the prize. So well, I, let's, you know, let's I, see where that goes. Let's see where it goes. Jeff asked if I could lend him 10 million. Um, uh, not today, Jeff, but maybe a bit later on next week. Give me a call. Um, but it, it, it is interesting. And I'll tell a quick story um, about that, Jeff, uh, in the GFC for me. Uh, I was, uh, it was 2009, 2010, or just prior to the, the GFC, 2008. I remember walking in 
to a lender in 2008 and I wanted to buy um, a block of units. There were 76 three-bedroom units all on one title uh, and it was mortgagee in possession. And I walked into the lender who had that property uh, as mortgagee in possession and I said, hey, listen, I want to buy that property. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I'm a property investor. And they said, oh, well, have you got any funding? And I said, well, you know, I hear you guys are lenders as well. Can you lend me some money? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll squish the story down. Um, uh, Jeff, this is for you. They lent me uh, the purchase price, which was $9.2 million. They lent it to me. They also lent me the stamp duty, the first year's interest in advance, um, and uh, guess guess how many pieces of paper, Andy and Jeff, that I had to fill out? What was my loan application? How long? How long? How many hundreds of pages was my loan application? What do you think? Well, by today's standards, you get even just one bank account with it. It's going to be about uh, 97 pages long. It was one, and I'm not kidding you, one email and one page long. I borrowed... <laughs> $11 million. <laughs> and this in, was the, in magic. the words of the great Eddie Murphy. Get the fuck out of here. It was there. <laughs> right. And it was, it was madness. It, it was the credit madness. And, um, you know, consequently, the wheels came off that, that world, the, the high credit world. And, um, you know, the idea that borrowing, this is an interesting one. This is, this is something, Andy, you know, uh, and I've seen it a million times. Um, you know, it's easier to borrow a hundred million dollars than it is to borrow a million dollars. Okay, um, and uh, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that said so many times. And I think I said this the other week in um, in a coffee chat that I have, and maybe even wine and wisdom. I sat in a I sat in a Zoom meeting the other day with a, a funds management company that manages five hundred and eighty billion dollars worth of funds across the world. And they were saying to me and another, another chap who brought me in on this conversation, hey, listen, we've got so much money, we don't know what to do with it. Have you got any deals? Have you got, have you got anything that's, that, that makes any sense, even half a moment sense, so we can put some money to work? Because there is so much lazy money sitting in our, um, our current account. It's, it's insane. And we're going, our investors are going to take that money off us if we don't put it into deals. And right now, right now, and this is for you, Jeff, mate, if you've got even a half-baked decent idea, start shopping it around because $10 million will come out of the woodwork in an instant. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. These guys said to me and the other guy, can you guys take $100 million and put it to work? $100 million. I said, yeah, mate, no problem. Hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> it was my solicitor. We were actually looking at um, uh, a short-term lending solution for people who were selling their properties. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's interesting. It's a, it, I, I think it's a fascinating <laughs> Just like, what's their number? What's their number? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that. 1-800. <laughs> yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> no, I love it, Jeff. Um, mate, uh, it, uh, it's good.
So it's it's really interesting, and 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 this is an actual serious part. We're having a good laugh about it, but it is actually quite serious. Andy, you were part of raising, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in those crazy times as well. You know, where good ideas uh, attract money, and right now, government bonds are the lowest value they've ever been in, I think, history, ever been in history. So they're worthless. Money in a bank account, worthless, like. Absolute rubbish. Guys, there is more money in circulation than in the world's history. And it's looking for something to do. If any of you guys are sitting there and got a little bit of entrepreneurial flair in the, in the tank and you've got an idea or two and you know how to do a deal, money will, will come if you go, go rattle a few trees and, um, you know, and some of you might remember the uh, the times where uh, Barack Obama, where where we actually had uh, you know somebody with varying degrees of uh, pragmatism and sanity in power, uh, whether you like him or not, he was pragmatic and maybe a little bit too conservative. But anyway, he was a legend. He could shoot a basketball. Uh, <laughs> he didn't dance like a twat. So uh, so yeah. so many of you might may remember this. There was a thing called the debt ceiling. Yes. Right? That was the maximum amount of debt that the American economy could have in the opinion of, uh, of Parliament and the, and the Federal Reserve at that point in time, and it could not go any higher because mathematically it didn't work out. So uh, Obama was given the ultimatum that you, uh, you, what was it, you either fire 600 million public servants, which wasn't politicians, by the way, right, no, they, they're million? not the first one. Six million? No, not 600 million. Six million? 600 million. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Uh, six, sorry, sorry. Six, 600,000. A big button. Sorry, we're talking about trillions before. <laughs> we're in the million. They fired 10 times the population of America in order to be able to. So, sorry, let's do 600,000 public servants. Thanks, Jason. Uh, which are the fireys? which are the, the frontline defence, which were the, the police officers, right? So he was staring down the barrel of, of firing over half a million uh, of, of the public servants who do great jobs over in America, uh, well, you know, outside of the, the, the media. Mostly we assume they do a great job. And they basically held him to ransom. They said, you either fire these people uh, or we're not going to hit the debt ceiling. Uh, we have to raise it. So eventually said, bugger it, I don't care, we're raising the debt ceiling. And since then, it's only ever gone up. So the question I'm going to ask here, two, two questions. Whack them in the chat box. What do you reckon is the total amount of stimulus that they put in the first half? So the first response to COVID globally, what do you reckon the number is? All of the Glo- governments combined. Globally, globally. What do you reckon? Do you reckon globally. Is? All right, yeah, yeah. Whack that in the chat box. What do you reckon? Western countries, stimulus. Now, the second question is going to be, and just conceptualise this, do you reckon it was bigger or do you reckon it was smaller than the stimulus that happened in global financial crisis? And if it was bigger or smaller, by what factor do you think it was bigger or smaller? Andy, that's a complicated bunch of questions. Let's just say, uh, was it bigger than the GFC or smaller? (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) Let, let's put, let let's put you in a solo right there. 
Let me give you the numbers. And these are by McKinsey and Company, uh, which uh, for incredible work. Thank you, uh, thank you, team there. They're not my team, but they're, they're incredible stats, publicly available. Uh, so June 11, 2020, governments uh, allocated $10 trillion, That's T, trillion with a T, $10 yeah. trillion for economic stimulus in two months. In, in COVID. Two months. In two months due to COVID. So the little black dot there is uh, representative, is the scaled size of the stimulus of the GFC as opposed to the scale size of the stimulus of COVID. So let me say that more uh, succinctly. The little black dot is how much they put into the system, the government's put into the system in the GFC, and the blue dot is how much they put in during the middle of COVID. So we've got from... Top. Where's Australia? Top left. Where's Australia? We're not even in there. Mate, our numbers aren't big enough. We, we don't <laughs> even factor in <laughs> on these. Uh, so the Germany, uh, 3.5 to 33 times wow. GDP. 33 so, times GDP. So, let's, so let's, think, let's think about that, Andy. Like, so, you know, right now, um, and I've got a few little things here I might even sort of grab. Uh, I'll see if I can track them down. But right now, like so many people are like sitting on more cash than they've ever had in probably their lives. Many, like I know many business owners from JobKeeper and other stimulations, many individuals, you know, grabbed 10 or 20 grand out of super, got JobKeeper, squirreled it away. The savings rate in Australia right now, let's say, there's more cash, like squirrel the ray, than than ever before. That money flowing out, like I'm an eternal optimist, and and what I'm eternally optimistic about is people's. It sounds negative, but in a positive way, inability to keep that money in in their bank account or in their pockets, it will flow out into consumption or something else. In this next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, what, what, what do you think about that? Because I think it'll flow and I think things will fucking blow up as in a good way. Well, there, there's, there's a psychology of money uh, which most people will say, yeah, Andy, that's all well and good, you're full of it. But here's the, here's the reality of it. I've seen it personally. I've seen it with all y'all. I know that it's a fact. Right? Yes. So you can argue with me until you're blue in the face. I just know that it's a truism. There well, you, is and a I, you and I see the truth, right? This is the truth. Like... Yeah. They, they, you know, they say the most lied about thing is the size of, uh, you know, things in a locker room, but it's not. The most lied about thing is on the planet is money, right? We either, we either lie consciously or unconsciously to ourselves, you know. <laughs> we round down. And we round, locker room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's, you know, but we, we'll move on from that one anyway. But, you know. <laughs> so from a psychology perspective, what I know to be true, is there is a number that's a unique to all of us. Yes. And that is the number that we see in a bank account that is one of two sides, right? And, and if we have a, a continuum from a little bit scary to uh, quite nice, right? There is a number between a little bit scary and too nice that we spin the bounds of. And when our savings accounts hit above or below those marks, we either get scared or we either figure out unique and inventive ways to get rid of it. Now, some people who are pragmatic and get into investing and get into property or whatever it is, start to go, how can I utilize that to get it out of my visual site and into something productive? 
somewhere else. And then when it gets below the mark, then we hustle like mofos in order to bring it back up. Yeah, yeah. And what I know is that 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 range, that continuum is different for everybody, but we all have it. And the it moment will. that we're out of whack, so if we've got more savings now because we've been at home and let's say we have been paid right, uh, over COVID, if we've got more in the account, we will either spend it or we will invest it. And but either which way, it's going to go. It's going to go. So have a look at that, Andy. You can see this line since 2000 and, like, you know, let's say 11. This kind of like this line here, sort of a 10% line, has been there for a while. Um, and the same size, if you have a look at the, you know, the thing sort of saying the principle, you know, but 2020, check it out. You know, massive increase in offset in, in home loans. Now, uh, as soon as the confidence comes back, you know, we'll be back in there and, you know, as a, as a bunch of people, we're going to be taking that money and putting it to work. And I think that's sensible. Like you and I talk about this all the time. The waste, the lack of the inefficiency of money sitting in bank accounts, um, you know, is often that kind of that, you know, that little dripping tap that wears down your financial capacity for your future, right? You have to put it to work at some point. It can't be just sitting there ineffectively. And, and let's look at the GFC. The GFC in some ways primed us for this, right? The GFC taught us if you're overexposed and you're overleveraged, then squirrel some away. So when COVID hit, people have started squirreling away better than what they did in the GFC. But yes. it will be deployed. And, and, yes. and it, psychologically, it will be deployed because we, we just can't keep it in the kitty too long. We either invest it or we spend it. It's, mate, I've seen it so many times, I just know it to be true. Well, it's and human psyche. So yeah. 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 100%. It is just it's human behavior. It's human psyche. And, and, and those of us who learn to make work for us, great. There's those people who can't have any and they need debt. They need to see debt because they're just risk on. You know, they're the base jumpers of investing and the base <laughs> jumpers of business, right? They're just always leveraged the max, right? And if they started that journey in the in the, the, the midst of COVID, then, poof, geez, they would be three, four hundred percent up. But well, it's interesting. Well, it's interesting you talk about that, Andy, because, you know, uh, whether, whether we liked it or not as property investors, you know, after the GFC, uh, you know, the Australian lending system, actually, like our banking system is one of the safest in the world, even at the, at GFC times. Um, and then, you know, and you're saying, well, fuck, you know, Jesus, you know. Um, we and- got downgraded here in Victoria from uh, Dan the Man. Now we're, we're AA, uh, from AAA, double A minus. Double uh, A minus, far out. Uh, that's a bit of an impact too, you know. So, you know, through the GFC, you know, our percentage of, you know, um, high-risk lending was actually really low. It was actually 1% compared to America, which was like 11% of their lending, which was these ninja loans. No, no, um, you know, no, no, income, no, no, job. no income, no job, no worries. <laughs> Sign here. Sign here. It was mad, right? <laughs> so million dollars. Yeah, no problem. We don't care. We'll kick that can down the road, you know. Um, if you haven't, if you guys haven't watched um, uh, the sure. Big Short, the Big Short, uh, listen, everyone listening in tonight for your homework, if you are seriously want to understand what happened in the GFC, go watch the movie The Big Short. It is 
terrifying and awing at the same time. It's like, whoa, you know, um, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, gobsmacking. But, you know, really at the end of the day, um, the idea that, um, you know, the, the, the Australian banking system was actually quite well positioned. You know, whether it was by design or by default, who knows? But, you know, we and, and our mind. It was 100% yeah. by design. It was yep. Peter Costello brought in the four pillars policy uh, yep. about 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, it was by, by design to keep it safe. And that's one of the reasons that we've had the best AAA rating around the world. For And as I said, this isn't a, a rule or labour thing. This is just a policy thing. But it's the reason why we've had the most stable banking system in the world, which is it's based smart. on our capital accuracies. But yeah. here's the thing: it got fucked, it got completely fucked through uh, through what happened with uh, with COVID, and I'm not going to be contentious about it. But uh, well, mate, I, like I think APRA started it. APRA went too far. They, you know that APRA investigation went way too far. Um, they were out of control in in where they ended up, and then COVID yeah, was, that, you know. That, that was that was payment that was trying to protect investors. That wasn't yeah. trying to protect sovereignty and it wasn't trying to protect the banking system of Australia. Dead right. Dead right. That, that yeah. was trying to protect investors. And, yeah. uh, and, and we do have uh, in politics these days, we do have in Australia a little bit uh, too much protect, protect people, you know, put on a helmet when you climb up a ladder. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Is, you know, your, your head's pretty important. Put a helmet on, but you know, you know, if you need me to force you to, then mate, you know, well, that's that's Darwinism, mate. You know, <laughs> I I saw a I saw a great I saw a great Facebook meme like that said, take all the warning signs off everything, um, and just let um natural selection sort it out, right? You know, like at the end of the day, you know, and you know, by and large, from a financial point of view, you know, yeah. I, you know, like I tend to be on the other side of like, you know, people need to sort of wake up and not, not, you know, not be nanny. They have to take responsibility for their lives. And what I love about, you know, our communities, the communities you and I live in, you know, you know, our communities, our, our tribes of people, you know, take that stuff seriously. They don't want to be a burden on society when they're older. You know, they don't, they don't want to be a victim. They want to be, empowered and, and and take responsibility for their lives and i love that I, I love i'm part of that you know for you know um for whatever we do andy you know we're, we're we're good to roll with that sort of stuff but you know australia's banking system is designed to be safe um um and by and large other than you know just now in covid it has been quite not quite quite safe um you know i'm, I'm i uh you know it's been it's been an interesting ride in that sort of space I think there's going to be a credit boom next year. Uh, you know, when there's when there's a really big decline, there's always a swing to the opposite into the future. I think there's going to be a credit boom. Um, you, you, and you can almost put your money on it, can't you? Like it almost. Well, you always can. Happens. You can, Andy. You can in the share market, can't you? That's not advice, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. This is not advice. <laughs> But, here's, but when you jump into that, here's the funny thing about it, and this this is what we all need to be considering, is that yeah. when we looked at those little dots before, right, and it may not show up on the screen, but just for two seconds, those, there, those are a big difference. Oh, where did right? it go? Where did it go? There it is. It's a big, yeah. big difference, right? So it's a big difference, so I'll, I'll get a little bit bigger. Yeah, dot so yourself. Zoom in, mate. Zoom in. Zoom in if you can. 
Um, I don't know if you can, that's but the, yeah, there you go. Perfect. That is that's great. That's the GFP stimulus uh, in proportion to the COVID stimulus. Wow. Now, if you look at what happened in markets, and, and so here's something that we need to consider, right? So we need to consider that there are multiple variables, but if we just remove all of the other variables and we just go money in circulation and people in population in Western worlds, right here, Money so in circulation, people and population. Yep. 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 So if you just take that in, now, the GFC happened 10 years ago, give or take, right? Yeah. So the amount of money that was stimulated in the, this is the first two months. So this is not considering the rest of the stimulus that has happened. This no. is the. Oh, really? Only two months? Shit. First two months, right? Proportionately. So yep. when you look, it's, it's unfathomable, right? It's, That's a lot of dough, Andy. That's a lot of dough. Germany almost 10 times. Japan almost 20 times. What's the population uh, of Germany? Sorry, 100 million? What's, what's the population uh, of Germany? Uh, we anybody put it in the chat box, you will get zero award, but you'll look like a super. <laughs> what's the population of Germany? Right? Somebody somebody search it up as we're, as we're chatting. But, yeah, listen, so that, that's... That, that's percentage of GDP, right? So that's uh, that's the yeah. increase of stim- uh-huh. proportionate, right? So yeah. it's it's going. If the GC were today, it would have been three point five times, but we didn't. We did thirty three points zero times. That was thirty three percent GDP. So what that does, though, effect of that means that that is how much more money is now in circulation, yeah, than 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 previously, and so. Coming out of the GFC, they did that because we're in a credit crunch, right? So they injected a huge amount of money. And what ended up happening was markets went. Now, what we've seen is markets go, right? But we've seen markets go. How does it go, Andy? (laughs) In in very, very interesting ways, right? And and that is, it's the matter of money going out of our pockets. 83 million people in Germany, 83 million people. There you go. 83 million people in Germany. So it was 33 times uh, their GDP, if I got those statistics right. Go to mckinney.com uh, just to uh, to double-check that. Thank you, Alison. And Jeff, straight right, on Jeff. money afterwards. Boom. Oh, Jeff, Boom. on the, the button. Race is on. Jeff being a good Englishman who knows exactly how many people are in Germany, and that's what you need to <laughs> know when you're in England, right? <laughs> so so here's, here's, and I'm just going to take you through these slides super, super quick. Right, so we have, uh, we've got uh, on the left-hand side, we've got the ASX 200. This is where we left at the beginning, right? So ASX 200, over the last year, we're still not in, te- in, in, in positive territory based on where we got to just before COVID hit. On the right-hand side, we've got the S&P 500. We are absolutely 100% in positive territory in the American market, the S&P, the top 500. Is that right? Wow. But let's break it down a little bit. Yeah, this is where it starts to become yeah. interesting. Money yeah. will flow into sectors, right, and, and stimulus will flow into different parts of the market. Uh, and Germany is the size of Victoria, Trevor, 100%. <laughs> don't know if that's true. We might just be taunting just random, completely in, inaccurate facts. Well, but no, no they are. The, the, the physical size, they're pretty small. Yeah, a lot of people in an interesting place, you know. No, Which, I just I have no idea. Well, um, it's an interesting it's an interesting side note for for thirty seconds in that sort of space, which is 
you know, what is the, um, what's the percentage? Ladies and gentlemen, quick one while Andy's just making a point here. Quick side note. What is the percentage of the, the population of, of Victoria live in Melbourne? All right, percentage of the population of Victoria that live in Melbourne. Go, go. All right, go, Andy. Time, time is ticking. Get your time is ticking. You've got 45 seconds. seconds. No, no Google searching. <laughs> <laughs> so. If we have a look at here, and I'll bring it up a little bit. So this is the same index, but we separate the index via different parts. Uh, so we go, okay, all of the stocks that are in the top 500, which ones are technology? Over the last 12 months, no, no, no surprise based on everything that we've been talking about and talking about right from the beginning, 43%, whopping 43%. Wow. When we go to value stocks, right, and value stocks are what we consider stocks that are undervalued based off their forward earning income. Now, growth stocks or tech so stocks... You, you talk about a yield. You and I talk about this often. Like, So based on the yield, the return, the dividend, yep. yep. All right, boom, your boom. answers need to be in by now. All right, here we go. Um, boom, boom. Jeff, you nailed it. Trevor and Jacinta, you guys were pretty bullish about Victoria, which was in the 80s. But Jeff, boom, look at you go. There you go, 75% of the state uh, population of Victoria lives in Melbourne. Jeff, good Googling, mate, good Googling. All right. <laughs> Interesting. It's heavy, heavy on the punch. <laughs> so, well done, Jeff. Well done, Jeff. There's collapsing. <laughs> so these are the value stocks. So let me take you into some of the value stocks. The value stocks is just just positive, but let me take Andy, you through. Andy, Andy, like, like, design, like, just let for everyone listening in, value stock means growth or does no, no, value no, stock mean no. return? Like value stock is, yeah, let me go back, value stock, uh, a stock is considered to be a value stock where the forward earnings of the company are underpriced. Uh, so the, the forward earnings of the company uh, are, are underpriced based on where the stock value is right now. So right. if you have... So typically they have a... Jeff nailed that, by the way. He didn't Google it. He nailed it off the top of his head. Good work. So so the forward booked income, the forward booked yes. income. Got so you. think of it of a, of, of a property. So uh, a tech company would be a property that pays almost bugger all income, but everybody wants it, right? Those really high value areas right next yes. to the sea, but you rent it out. Nobody's willing to pay the kind of money that you need to earn in order to earn a good income from it. But people will buy that property to have it so they can look over the harbour every single day. But you gotcha, rent that sucker yeah. out, you might get 3%. So, so that's, that's not a, what that, we call a growth stock. That's a growth stock, not a value. Because this is interesting, came out just recently, Andy. Uh, you know, the perpetual boss says, hey, you know, the return of value investing um, is, is, on, is on the radar. And look, it... it I th- this is a theme. This is a theme and, again, not giving advice, but this is one that I think everyone needs to be aware of because when we start to look at value, what kind of co- – you have to ask yourself the question, what sort of companies are value stocks? And if we just have a quick summary here, and I, I did that before. So that was the, the technology sector up, uh, up 50-odd percent. But what kind of companies can you almost set your watch by the income? 
well, well energy I mean, is one. energy stocks right yeah yeah energy yeah well i mean i would have said banking stocks um in the past but you know yeah well you, you would be right so when we look at financials right we're down four point uh, 4.97%. Uh, 4. So that's the Wells Fargo's of the world. The One of the reasons that this is up so significantly is through uh, is through Goldman Sachs Citigroup, right? Uh, that They have pushed this high. They have been the one that bucked the trend over in the US and probably pushed this higher than what it, what it is now. But the, the financial is significantly lower. And, yeah, there, there's going to be some ones that are they're going to bomb in this area. But an area to watch. Wells Fargo Group still, it's getting better and it's performing better, but it's one of the big companies over there and great forward books and also have risk attached to them. So it's not a just jump into Wells Fargo, I'm not saying that, but mm. also the energy side. And energy is made up of not just utility companies, but also you know uh, the, the petrol industry and, and so on and so forth. And with less flights going around, then these things are going to get hammered. But... As the world returns to COVID normal, as we've started to call it uh, in Victoria, <laughs> uh, right, as it goes to COVID normal, and that's what the Victorians call it because we yeah. were probably the other ones that were really massively affected as far as lockdowns are concerned in, in Victoria. So we were the ones who stopped travelling. The rest of you all, you just stopped travelling because Victoria stopped travelling. Well, the Victorians cool, broke records. We're, we're pretty, you, you guys are. We're, we're pretty, we're pretty you guys cool. are competitive. You guys are competitive, you know. <laughs> it's right for you to follow what we do, okay? Whether that's the right thing for your states and stuff like that, well, that's okay. But we understand that you want to be us and you mimic us. But what that did is it decreased the amount of uh, planes in transit, it decreased the amount of fuel that was being consumed. I didn't yeah. use my car for six months. Mate, I, I had bought a, a new car just before COVID. Uh, it's it's now a year and a half old. It has uh, less than uh, twelve thousand k's. But where normally it'd have about twenty or thirty. Mate, I only driven on but, Sundays to church and back. You know, like it's that, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sometimes I miss every Sunday. Yeah, but uh, that's right. <laughs> but uh, so so here's the thing: is that. Growth stocks and the tech stocks are the story of where people have found some comfort because they, they see where that goes. When when society gets back to normal, and, and here's what historically happens with value stocks, is they go, not, 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 not good, not good, not good, not good, not good, not good, and, uh, and that was that uh, as an example. But these are forward cash flow stocks. And so my whole point being from this is that there's more money in circulation now than ever. And if you go back to the GFC and the stimulus from the GFC, an average of 10 times the amount of money has dropped comparatively to GDP, right? So it is, it's a comparable figure. How much did the country produce going into the global financial crisis? How much did they produce going into COVID? The government stimulated almost 10 times the amount on average across it, $10 trillion. That's $10 trillion that is not going into government bonds because they're paying 1% or below a percent. It's not going into term deposit. So it's paying down debt and it's going into consumer behaviour and eventually consumer behaviour goes into petrol, driving, shopping centres, all of these things that have been smashed. And, yes, some of them will change. Some of them will change. Right, so the the pages will change. I, 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 think, I think a small percentage, man. Like you know, 
and it goes back to old mate that we chatted about, from the, the, and I've forgotten his name just off the moment, but he's, the, he's literally one of the world's largest investors. He said the belief that a pandemic will change social structure for the first time in 2,000 years and this time is different is arrogance, stupidity, just short sidedness. Isn't now, he the head of the Magellan Fund? Is it, is it Magellan Fund? Is it, is it... <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't him. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. I know. No, no, I would, I'd never, I'd never quote him. <laughs> we're, not, we're not quoting. Uh, anyway, we can just, we can, we can, uh, that, that was uh, not Andy, but Jason, um, who's not yeah. licensed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, that, that was an aggressive stance. He said that on Bloomberg, by the way. And, mm. um, but it's right. And, and all you have to do, mate, I remember being on the phone to you at one point in time. It's like we were just let out. It was the second weekend we were out. I wanted my car cleaned and I had to go and get something from Southland. Yes. And I was on the phone to you and I said, listen, just let me call you back because I've got to park the car and get it cleaned. And I went to go and park the car. He said, it's a four-hour wait. And I thought, fuck this. So I, I called you straight back. I've got I'm done. I'm not going to the shopping centre. It's crazy out here. We chatted for 40 minutes before I got out of the car park. Now, it's crazy. If that yeah. means all business is going to Amazon, uh, it's it's not the it's not the way of things. So as investors, we, we do need to be cognizant of the fact that vaccines will come and and pandemics will come and go. Whether this one stays, nobody knows, right? Or to what level it stay, nobody knows. The one thing that is constant is our behaviour as a herd, right? Our our most fundamental behaviour. Maslow's hierarchy of needs starts off with safety. Right, the very next is social order, which is now that I've got my needs met and I'm I'm able to eat, uh, then I want to have a glass of wine with Jason, right? Because I need some sort of social relevance. I need some sort of co- <laughs> cohesiveness in my life, and that is the second level of our psychology, right? So these are fundamentally uh, linked to us through thousands of years of evolution. Yeah. So. When we talk about value stocks, I'm not just talking about, you know, forward-looking earnings. I'm actually talking about social order, social construction, uh, consumerism, uh, buyer behaviour, psychology of people to need to meet up in a shopping centre to have a coffee together so they can look at what they're wearing and say, that looks terrible, I would look better in that, you would look better in that. Let's go and buy that from just down the road where we can try it on and see how good we look in it. Oh, it won't look that good. Maybe we'll just buy the other one. Dead and, right. And that yeah. sort of behaviour is, is, going to, is going to come back in. It already is. Yeah. And so that behaviour will translate into stocks. It will translate into property and it will go across all of those dimensions. So there will be a transition from different market sectors over the next yeah, two years, three years. That's that's something that we know will happen. Yeah, we, we know that's going to happen. And you know, you know, as we uh, as we bring it sort of into a landing, you know, this uh, this wealth, wine, and wisdom. You know, there's a bunch of stuff I want to sort of chuck over the fence. Maybe we'll talk about next week, um, which is um, you know, whoop whoop. There we go. But you know, the idea that um, you know we have uh, something like. Hey, you know, the housing crash that never happened. You know, there was, you know, I talked about this for, you know, literally months and months, just saying, hey, listen, stop listening to these bloody turkeys out there that are, 
you know, talking about rubbish that, you know, at this point in time, there's no evidence. There's no fundamental evidence that is showing that this is going to happen. You know, um, this is in Sydney, you know, uh, $475,000 above the reserve, above the reserve this property went for. And, um, you know, that's happening, you know, in a lot of places and spaces right now. It's happening in Sydney. It's happening in Brisbane. It's happening in Perth. It's happening in Adelaide and um, Tasmania, like Hobart and, um, you know, Melbourne while being locked down for, you know, quite a long time, you know, has, um, you know, has been affected in that way, but not necessarily, you know, um, not necessarily disabled, but certainly, you know, um, you know, um, delayed in the response in this sort of space. But the, that, that market is certainly coming quickly and, um, you know, um, as we go. This is, yeah. This is something that we need to take stock of what happened in Japan. Like we, I always say that yeah, history doesn't repeat itself, but it's an extraordinary mimic. And so we should be looking to Japan because Japan is one of the few places that have come out the other side of zero interest. Well, let me rephrase that. They have not come out the other side of zero interest rates, but they have existed there in a global economy and, and, and held their pace. Uh, for almost 20, uh, shit, where are we? Like 15 years, longer. And um, so we need to be able to understand that you know, maybe rates go back up. Maybe they don't. What happens in the mix of that? And, and here's, here's the big question, right? If, don't, if rates don't go up ever in a major way, if this is a new normal, this might be the boat that you miss. If rates go up, this might be the boat that you don't want to be on. But all you can do is, is look to other parts of the world to go, well, when has it happened before and it hasn't happened before? Mm. And and as a result of that, and then look, there's layers upon layers that we would start to go into. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting rise. one, isn't it, Andy? Because, you know, we talk about the access to capital and, you know, over, you know, the thousands of years, like, you know, money or having access to money was kind of this special thing, right? And there was this hurdle. There was this barrier, right? But now, I mean, you know, um, I can't remember the book, but I, 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 have, I have read the book about how the actual stock market was started by a crazy Frenchman going, hey, there's a lot of these companies, you know, in Europe that have got more credits they called it the use of credits money cash gold and how can we kind of put them to use because they're sitting there useless and the stock market was formed and it was actually the stock market was poo-pooed by this frenchman and all of the elite the gentry as a crazy idea and now it runs the fucking world it's fucking crazy so here's my you know, pontification may be a great way to end the world. <laughs> There's a crazy finish, man. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, Andy, it's we've reached the place where that hurdle to resources is not going to be a hurdle anymore, right? It's like, it, it's almost like a fundamental right to access and capital 
for good ideas should not be it should not be controlled by the elite anymore now it's accessible to everyone right you know there is more there's more credit there's more you know resources available let's let's let that flow you know and just imagine just for a second you know those entrepreneurs who should have got funded you know 50 years ago for the rotary engine which was 10 times better than the petrol engine the reason they didn't beat you know ford because of access to funding you know what i mean and you know just for a moment think about now what the world would be in 20 30 40 years time where the access to capital to make good ideas exist wasn't the barrier anymore right and 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 that's interesting to me like i think you know that's that's an interesting one well, Silicon Valley was really the first start of that, really, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. In that yeah. people dump a huge amount of money with the expectation of either um, incredulous returns or none. Yeah, yeah. And One way a lot of money that goes into it is actually, it's not really philanthropic money, but it is money with deep purpose. Mm. It's sent in there, and it, and it's not often to screw the world over. It's in the deep purpose to connect the world, deep purpose to create green cars, deep purpose uh, to be able to create the accommodation of uh, of kings for your average Joe, uh, Airbnb. Maybe I just figured out their purpose for them. But and now, as you said, I've never thought about it from that perspective. I think it's an interesting. Um, and the problem is, Jace, all we can look at is Japan to yeah. get the data from which makes me pretty much redundant because I love, I'm a bit of a historian. I love to, to, to gather hardcore data on this. But one could assert that if you start to look forward on this, then 100%, like one of the great opportunities of extraordinarily low interest rates is the, the, the barrier to entry of an idea is extraordinarily low. Extraordinary. The cost to, to uh, experiment with an idea, the cost to try an idea, very, very low. It's a thousand dollars or a two thousand dollars a year for a hundred thousand dollars deployed, and uh, my and dad- maybe and maybe that's the secret to saving the planet, Andy Fenton. For us as humans, at the end of the day, the barrier to those good ideas that should have been funded, that should have got up, is is being stripped away. You know, and you know, I don't know. I'm a bit of a, a eternal optimist. You know, a, almost a romantic. A romantic optimist, romantic capitalist optimist. I don't know. Is that is that the right way to describe me? You know, I believe well, I capitalism that's, should win. That's you the know, new movement. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? It is the conscious capitalist, powered uh, by purpose. Yeah, profit and money created for purpose um, and betterment, rather than you know take and destruction. You know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think the millennials are coming hard at that one, and 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 I love the idea of it. You know, so it's an interesting one. Andy, uh, why don't uh, we give that one before we, before we, we wrap up, Jace? Put a pin so in it. What's your number? What is your oh, number? Where did we number, get gang? to? What? All right. Well, we had. Um, oh crikey! Where did we go here? Uh, I oh, think I can we, tell you the number we started with. It was uh, one hundred and fifty-five trillion nine hundred and ninety-two billion. And 67 million. That's where it started. All right. Uh, well, we, so 
Well, we had we Where had a couple of players here. We had Vanessa at one seventy three trillion. We had Jeff at one eighty trillion, uh, and we had Jacinta at one hundred and fifty five trillion. She was she had a little range there. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Where did we get to, Andy? Who was the closest? <laughs> that, 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 that's, a, that's a crazy number, but I reckon Jacinta's got it, mate. Do you want to whack that one back up on the I'll screen? I'll whack that back up. That, oh, hang on. No, there's, there's three zeros missed off the end of that. That looks like that's 155 billion, 992. Oh, no. No, that's 155 million, 992,000 odd dollars. That's well short. Uh, uh, well, well, you know. Jacinta, maybe we should give it to her because she she missed a couple of zeros. But <laughs> uh, let me give you let me give you point to point. So I've got point to point. So since we started this conversation, the unfunded uh, liabilities of the US went from one hundred and fifty five billion nine hundred ninety two billion six and sixty seven million dollars to. One hundred and fifty five trillion nine hundred ninety two billion eight hundred and thirty eight million dollars so it went up by a factor of around about eight hundred million dollars eight hundred million the, i reckon uh, jacinta's got it <laughs> well done jacinta uh... so send it through some details we'll, we'll figure out a, a nice way of being able to reward you maybe we can give you the personal finance blueprint and maybe some uh, some online programs or something yes. like that uh, that will shoot out just uh, just to say thank you for participating. Uh, and by the way, that's that's an incredible uh, little present there. That's uh, it's about two two grand worth of stuff. So uh, we'll shoot that out to start. Uh, make sure you remind us. Right, hold yep. us accountable. Great, great, Jacinta. Hit us up with your email address or uh, details, uh, Jacinta, and um, we'll get you access to some excellent resources from myself and Andy. So great to have you guys on. So, hey, listen, everybody, thanks for dialing in uh, this week to Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Andy, as always, fantastic to connect with you at the end of the week. Have a glass of wine, have a bit of a chat, chew the fat about the world of finance and property and, um, you know, mate, uh, um, awesome to connect with you and the rest of everyone on today. Thanks, Jacinta. We've got your email address. There's Sharon. Thanks, everybody. Hey, listen, you guys have a great weekend. Uh, Graham, thanks, oh, the, mate. The top, the top ones there, Graham, there's, uh, there's Trevor, there's, uh, there's Jeff. Jeff's been all over it this week and, uh, and mate, greatly appreciated. Jacinta, Sharon, uh, mate, it's, it's wonderful to see all you guys jumping on board. So uh, we'll, we'll join you next week. And next week is the last Why Wisdom uh, in the Friday slot. In the, in, Friday, the Friday slot. in the Friday series. <laughs> you may or there may not be a little bit of wine and wisdom happening on, impromptu from, uh, from when Jason and I get to catch up uh, as mates. We might choose to just uh, you in on one of our discussions and, uh, and hopefully that, that'll be fun if we do. But uh, tomorrow is the last official wine and wisdom for 2020. Next week, not tomorrow. Uh, that's Next great. week. <laughs> yeah, I've got other things to do. Uh, so, sorry, mate. That's a little bit too much wine. I almost finished the glass. But, uh, that next week, last wine and wisdom. Uh, well, wine and wisdom for two thousand and uh, and twenty officially. So, tune in. Uh, what we'd love to know is 
what is it that uh, that's about Quis- uh, Quis- Christmas and about wealth that you'd like to understand, whether it's why do markets crash, why do markets zoom, uh, why do people spend so much money over Christmas, why don't people buy shit in the sales rather than uh, in the stockings? Uh, you know, what are, what are your questions in and, around, in and around Christmas? God, I can't even speak. So, uh, so if you can shoot those through to us, we'd be super happy to try and answer some of those, and uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun next week because there is a, a real wrap up for the year, and looking forward to it. Uh, we'll drop a few bombs. Uh, Jason will throw a few hand grenades as he always does over the fence. <laughs> this time, I didn't get too many over my side, so I'm quite happy I didn't have to answer too many of them. But uh, we'll love to see for for the Christmas wrap up, and hopefully we'll have a, a, a few little surprises for you along the way so absolutely to it, uh, great thanks allison thanks michelle uh thanks trevor good to see you back from wa mate good to see you made it back um three three reds andy i think graham andy took the cake this week uh, a few weeks ago i didn't eat lunch and i had a glass of wine and i slurred my words for the for the 50 minutes <laughs> maybe andy you've taken that one today so uh, appreciate everyone dialing in. Great to see you, brother. Um, as always, fantastic you, to end the week with connecting with you. And thanks for joining, folks. Take care. Have a wonderful weekend and bye for now. All right. Adios. Adios.